0: So I'm excited to dig into this message. And I I just want to ask you this question. How many of you guys have ever prayed for a miracle? You've just been like, God, I, I need something. You prayed for a miracle. My natural strength isn't working. And how many of you have experienced a miracle in your life, something that you just couldn't explain? It's a miracle. God did something. You know, so we've prayed for miracles and we've experienced miracles. But for many streams in the church, we have been taught that God is not doing miracles through people anymore. And I want to talk about miracles, and in the Christian life, miracles are normal. To followers of Jesus, miracles are normal. In John 14, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son will bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. For the Christian life, for followers of Jesus, miracles are normal. And this scripture is a great promise that we as believers would do even greater works than Jesus. Jesus, you turned water into wine. I wish I could do that. (laughs) Jesus, you raised the dead. I haven't done that, but here it is. With the Holy Spirit, we will do even greater works than Jesus did on his time on earth. Isn't that amazing? And so there's this idea that I want to develop today, and it comes from 1 Corinthians 12, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is this. Paul is talking to the church. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know, there's a lot of spiritual gifts found in the New Testament. Some people would say as many as 25 spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine. And if I was to take a poll and I asked you, how many of you guys can name all the spiritual gifts found in the New Testament? Many of you would say, you know what, Pastor Pradeepin, I don't know them. I'm ignorant. I am so ignorant. Hey, don't be so hard on yourselves. Randall, it's okay. (laughs) Don't be so hard on yourselves. You know, Many of us are ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts, but today's message is going to alleviate that for many of us. So let's pray, and we'll dive in. Dear Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn about spiritual gifts. I pray that you'd help us to walk in power so that we might be witnesses, that we might share the beauty, the love, the gospel, the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Father, have your way in all of us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, if we believe in Jesus, we can do greater works than he did on earth. We're not supposed to be ignorant of spiritual gifts, but I have to admit to you, there was a time in my life where I was ignorant of spiritual gifts. (gasps) It's true. Back when I was in high school, I was in a band, I was freshly Christian, and we called our band Two Ice Born which is a really weird way of saying twice born because we were born from above. We had surrendered our lives to Jesus and we were new creations, born again. And so we created this band, twice born, spelt the number two, I-C-E, born. It was the 90s, okay? And so... (laughs) There was, uh, I think some of you guys are wanting proof. How many of you guys don't believe me that I was in ever, ever in a band that amazing? Well, I have pictures for you, people. All right, let's put up some of these. Look at this. This is, this is Teenage Bredeepid, and that was Mark Patch. <laughs> we called Phoenix or Flaming Bird. And this is, uh, this is Robbie, she was one of our singers. Here's Mark Patch again, with a picture of Robbie singing exactly like she's singing there. It's amazing, it's a miracle. The Holy Spirit, and so, I was in this band, and we were going to play for this Christian camp called Big Fat Jan. I love the 90s, great names back then. And we're gonna play for this, and uh, our drummer did something really stupid right before this big concert. He was at uh, a lake, and someone was trying to dock his boat and he saw the boat coming really fast and he didn't want it to get scratched so he stuck his foot out to stop a boat from hitting the dock and he thought, I will put my feeble foot in between a boat and a dock and it should work out! Well, it broke his ankle and it was right before our drummer was supposed to perform a concert with us Twice born. And he tells us, hey, guys, I don't know if we can play the concert. The foot I used to hit the kick drum, four on the floor, it has been broken. I can't do it. So we had to take him to the hospital. He gets a cast, and we don't know what we're going to do. We don't have any other drummers uh, that are ready to play with us. And uh, we decided to do something. We decided to pray for him. Someone said, why don't we pray for him? We believe in God we're a Christian man. We've been twice born. Maybe his ankle can be born anew. And so we are like, okay, let's pray for him. And I I actually had a little bit of a red flag because I had been taught by other Christians and different leaders in my life that God was not in the miracle business anymore. That God doesn't heal. He's not going to use you. So I was like, I don't, why would I ever do that? Like, how is God going to heal someone. He doesn't do that anymore. He only did that in the times of the Bible. Well, someone said, no, God is still healing today. God is still performing miracles. Let's pray for him. Okay. So we pray for him. He has the cast on. This is after we went to the hospital. He can hardly walk. And after we pray, I mean, we pray just, dear Father, would you heal him in the name of Jesus' sickness? Be removed. Be gone. Let him drum for twice born so we can rock out Big Fat Jam, and it will be awesome. Lord, have your way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, what do we do now? Are you healed? He's like, I don't know. We're like, all right, this is what you got to do. You got to lift up your good leg, and we're going to make you jump on your bad leg as hard as you can in faith. Because that's what Jesus has us to do. You have to step out in faith. Walk upon the concrete, my friend. And he goes to jump on his bad foot, and boom! Boom! He goes, guys, it worked. <laughs> My foot is healed. And we took the cast off and we melted the faces off those preteen church kids. It was amazing. And Big Fat Jam was a success. Holly, we did it. Can we give Jesus a round of applause in this place? We did it. Big Fat Jam. Big Fat Jam. We did it, guys. We did it. (laughs) You know, I was taught, though, that God wasn't still doing miracles through people. But something happened when I had an experience. It made me rethink what I was reading in the scriptures. It made me rethink what God was capable of doing through his believers. And I went on a faith journey, and I started to discover things that Jesus said that we ignored, like, you will do greater miracles than me. I started to discover verses that... Paul the Apostle said like, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts, and I had to learn. And I think if we're going to make a difference in this world, if we're going to make known the beauty of Jesus, if we're going to overcome death and darkness and the enemy of this world, we need every tool we have in our disposal. Amen? We need to take advantage of every good and perfect gift, every weapon that we have to make a difference. And so I think it's really important that we are aware of spiritual gifts. And so I want to talk about a couple of things, and uh, I'm going to answer a few questions that people have asked us over the few years, and I'm going to talk about the nine gifts of the Spirit. And before we get into that, though, I want to give us a little primer so that we're on the same page. Many times people ask me or Pastor Amritha concerning Kalos Church, like, what kind of church are you? Are you guys a charismatic church? And I just say, look at my smile, and you tell me. (laughs) Am I charismatic. <laughs> Am I charismatic? Well, we got to understand what does the word charismatic mean? Well, it comes from this word charis, which basically means grace. And so when we look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, do not be ignorant of spiritual Gifts. Some translations would call it spiritual things, and it's basically from this word pneumaticos or pneumaticon, which basically means spiritual things. Spiritual. Have you ever heard the term uh, pneumatic tubes? You know how uh, like po- or, uh, banks used to have those tubes, and then the air would suck it up. <laughs> And you just want to see, like, what can you put in there, and it's like ama- amazing. Well, that it's the same kind of root word, pneuma, meaning air or wind or spirit, pneuma. So pneumaticus, or uh, you know, there's uh, pneumonia, the same root word. It's a it's a problem with the breathing and air. And so there's this idea of being ignorant when it comes to the spirit or the wind or the air. And charis basically means grace and charismatic gift. So charismatic means a gay grace of gift. A gift of grace, let me say a lot of G's. Does not mean a gay of grace, okay. Means a grace of gift, okay. And so a grace gift, grace gift. Everybody say grace gift. Grace gift. So that's not a super scary word. When people say, are you charismatic? They're basically asking, Or they could be basically asking, if you're looking at the scripture, have you been gifted with grace or do you have a gift that you don't deserve? How many of you guys in Christ and in Jesus have received a gift that you don't deserve? It should be everybody. The gift of salvation? Hello, let me ask that again. How many of you guys have received a gift you don't deserve? Raise your hand. All right, so I have maybe good news for all of you and maybe bad news depending on how you grew up. You guys are all charismatic (laughs) because you have received a gift of grace or a gift you did not deserve. And I dare say all Christians by this definition, all Christians are charismatic. And so charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the benefit of others. And we all can be used by the Holy Spirit, is what I want to communicate. And that's what charismatic means, that's what charisma is, it's a grace gift. And so I have this question uh, that I want to answer today as well, and are the gifts for today? And some people will tell us that the gifts have ceased, that only existed in the times of the Bible, and uh, a main argument for that saying, those gifts, had exi- those gifts don't longer, no longer exist. Tongues or miracles or uh, healings, things like that. It comes from 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you know it as the love chapter. But there's a, a, a couple of verses here that many people focus on. And it says this, this, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And so the argument here is that when the perfect has come, the partial will pass away. And so the argument here is that because the Bible has come, that's the perfect word of God, because the Bible is here, the gifts have ceased, prophecy has ceased, tongues have ceased, and knowledge has ceased. Well, uh... I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this, but I don't think uh, knowledge has ceased to exist. Anybody else here? You say knowledge is not a thing? How many of you guys know that? How many of you guys would say, I know that knowledge has ceased? <laughs> it's a hard argument to make. But I believe that spiritual gifts do have an expiration date. They will cease. And that is when the perfect has come. And we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And he was resurrected, but also as we read in this time of communion that Pastor Amritha led us through, that we are waiting for a day when Jesus will return. And when the perfect comes, when we are in the perfect presence of God Almighty, we will not have a need for the partial. And so I would say that knowledge hasn't ceased and the perfect hasn't come completely yet. And we still say, Jesus the spirit and the bride, we say, Jesus, would you come quickly? Amen. Jesus, we want you. We long for you. And so I don't believe that the gifts um, have ceased to exist because of scriptures like these, and also from experiences that we have all had. You know, there are people here at Kalos Church where we have prayed for them, and they have been physically healed. There has been times of prophecy and people who have predicted things that were going to happen. Even how we ended up here in the parlor like we talked about last week. It was because the Lord gave me a word to come to the parlor and knock on it in nine, at 9 a.m. in the morning. And We see that the Holy Spirit is fully alive. How many of you guys would say the Holy Spirit has been alive in my life and I have seen him work and I am hungry for more and I want all that God has for me. I want all that God has for the church, and I want all that God has for this community. Say amen if that's you. And so we need to uh, look at these verses and consider things like 1 Corinthians 1439. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. This is the Bible. Do we accept all of the Bible, or we just pick and choose the parts we like? 1 Corinthians 14 says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. These are compelling verses. And uh, I believe that many of us have been taught the Holy Spirits are no more. Many of us have experienced abuses of these gifts. And so we've rejected them. And I'm going to be totally real. Things get really weird when people start celebrating the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just believe that God is still a God of order, but God is still a God of the miraculous. And we can't just be Christians that accept two-thirds of the Trinity. At Kalos Church especially, we worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So we don't want to be ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at someone to your left or your right and say, don't be ignorant. So what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to 1 Corinthians 12? So I'm not going to go into every single one of these, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time developing all of them because... We don't have all day. and I could probably spend a sermon on each of these nine gifts. Some people would say there's up to 25 gifts, but we're just going to focus on 1 Corinthians 12. And so we're going to divide these into three different categories, okay? And so we can start putting these on the screen, and I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. And so we're going to talk about uh, discerning gifts. That's a group of three. We're going to talk about the delivered gifts, that's another group of three, and dynamic gifts. And a lot of these points, I I have uh, really organized by the thoughts of a, a pastor named Robert Morris. And he wrote a book that we ripped off the title of the series from. It's called The God I Never Knew. And I, I just really recommend if you are like hungry to learn more about the gifts and the Holy Spirit, or if you just are a reader and you like to visually like look at words and go through it and process it at your own speed, I really recommend and b- recommend buying this book, and if you need help buying it, just talk to me, and I just think it would be a great journey for you, and so uh, I want to read from 1 Corinthians 12. It says this is this, This is a continuation of that, do not be ignorant. So in the next verses, starting in verse 4, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit work all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Awesome. So these are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, this is super exciting. How many of you guys, this is like brand new knowledge. You've never been taught through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's be honest. It's okay. Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. That's why I'm teaching it. It's not a waste of our time if you raise your hand. Thank you, Chanel. (laughs) Awesome. So let's let's talk about the first category, the discerning gifts. So these are the words of knowledge, words of wisdom and discerning spirits. So words of knowledge. Basically, this is when you know something like a piece of information outside of natural means. You know, Jesus did this all the time, the woman at the well. She says, uh, I'm going to go to my husband, or I have five husbands. And then Jesus like, you know what? You are, you are true in saying that you had five husbands, and the man you're, you're living with now is not your husband. Jesus knew all these things. He had a word of knowledge. I remember one time my friend Jacob and I were at a gas station, and... Uh, it was late at night, and I was about to take the next shift, and I had been sleeping, so I'm trying to wake myself up. I'm running around the gas station. He strikes a conversation with this lady. And as I'm, I'm literally doing laps around the gas station so I can wake up before we continue like, the next eight hours of this road trip, I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me something about this strange lady I have never met and I have no idea what they're talking about. Little did I know that he was actually sharing the gospel with her and she was like a little resistant and as I'm running, I'm like starting to sweat, I'm huffing and puffing and I I walk up to them and I go, I'm sorry to interrupt your conversation, but uh, lady, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me that you this week or something, have gotten in a major fight with your mom and you said this about her and she said this, and I just wanna let you know, God forgives you and he has a plan for your life. Would you surrender your life to Jesus and experience what true life is all about? And she broke into tears. She said, how did you know that about me? Like, nobody knew I had that fight with my mom. I, I swore I was not gonna say those words to anybody. I said, because the Holy Spirit gave me a word of knowledge. Maybe some of you have experienced that where you just knew something. You're like, I don't even know how I knew this about the person, but I, I just knew this. And then you tell them, they're like, have you been reading my journal? Have you been reading my mail? Well, that is a word of knowledge. Jesus operated in this all the time. So that's a word of knowledge. Next thing in the words of discerning gifts is words of wisdom. And this is a divine answer or solution for a particular question or challenge. When you know exactly the right thing to say, or you know exactly the right decision to make. Have you ever experienced this? Maybe you're like trying to figure out what to do, see hands up all over the place. This is awesome. This is just like when you know like exactly the right thing to do. Maybe you have a business and you're like, I don't know what to do and then suddenly a thought comes to you and you're like, I don't know where that came from and it, it saves you tons of money or it helps you figure out the right person to put in a place or a leadership position. And it's just amazing. This is a word of wisdom when you just kind of have the right thing and the right mind or Jesus was try people tried to trap Jesus all the time right and Jesus would have like the right word of wisdom kind of answer to like untrap their trap and trap them again it's just amazing Jesus was amazing at all these gifts next thing I- I'm kind of flying through some of these because I want to spend time on others but next one is the discerning of spirits and this is basically making a believer Aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Have you ever walked into an environment or a room or something, and you're like, whew, there's a demon in this room? <laughs> or something just doesn't feel right? Uh, I remember one time I was on a missions trip in Jordan in the Middle East, and uh, I, I was at a church camp, and we had been worshiping there all week, and it was awesome. People's lives were being transformed. It was just it was a beautiful week. But in the middle of the night, I felt like the Holy Spirit woke me up. And he said, there's like a demonic spirit in this camp. And I was like, this is weird. And I, I don't over-spiritualize things. I don't try to be weird. Many of you probably never even heard me talk like this about the spiritual so openly. But I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go over to the stern wall, and you're going to find something. And you need to get people and pray. So we're in this church camp. We had been here all week. This church camp had existed for 20 years. We go, I go to this wall, and I have to remove these, um, like, trees and, like, branches to see what's there. And in the middle of the Middle East, there's all these, like, ancient Babylonian worship to, like, pagan god drawings in this church camp. And nobody knew that it had ever existed. So I grabbed the the leader of this camp and I said, hey, I felt like the Holy Spirit like drew me to this area to uncover these paintings. And he goes, oh my goodness. Like they're like really grotesque, sexual, demonic looking paintings that were surrounding all of these children. Like it was not appropriate. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me like, hey, these are not good godly spirits. There's a demonic presence in this area. And this happened in the scripture. In fact, in Acts, I think at 16, there's this one time where a little girl was following, following around the apostle Paul. And she was saying, these are men of the most high God. And Paul actually discerned that. She was not saying that in the spirit of God. She was saying that as a demonic spirit. And he actually cast the demon out of this little girl. And she came into her right mind in Acts 16. Read it for yourself. So that is the discerning of spirits. And I just want to let you know, some of you guys might be experiencing some extra tension maybe on your family, or attacks on your marriage, or your children, or maybe some sort of uh, things, you know, that God has called you to. Maybe you feel like God's calling you to go to church, and when you wake up to go to church in the morning, there's just like an extra heavy spirit on you. I believe that the spiritual realm is very real, and sometimes we need to discern whether this is just something that's naturally happening, I just stayed up late last night, or I'm being spiritually attacked. And uh, it's different than the gift of discernment. Actually, the Bible does not talk about the gift of discernment. It talks about the gift of discernment of spirits. And many of the times when we say we have a gift of discernment, we actually are just saying, I have a gift of criticism, and I will tear you apart. <laughs> and I, I, sometimes if you have the gift of discerning of spirits, you can detect if someone has a critical spirit. <laughs> All right, so that, that's the first category of gifts. I'm kind of flying through these, but I, play, I pray that this will be Helpful so that we're not ignorant. Next grouping is the delivered gifts. And so the first thing I want to say is prophecy. And this is a message of encouragement from God delivered through a human vessel to other people. So this prophecy its basically when you can do a couple of things. Prophecy can be like foretelling when you predict the future. It can also be forthtelling where you tell the future how it's going to be. But it also can be a word of encouragement. Sometimes people will say, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, and they'll say something very discouraging, or mean, or harmful, or attacking. Well, that is not prophecy from God. Prophecy is meant for encouragement, for uplifting, not for condemnation, not to make you feel gross, and less than. Amen? And so if someone's saying they're prophesying over you, or thus saith the Lord, and they're just bashing you, That is not the spirit of God prophesying through that person. And so that is a message of encouragement from God delivered through a human vessel for other people. The next gift is tongues. And this is a very controversial gift in the church. And it's basically a message from God unknown to the person who is speaking it. A message from God unknown to the person who is speaking it. So we talked about this last week. The Holy Spirit descends on the early church. And they start speaking in languages they don't know. They start speaking messages of Jesus and gospel messages, and they didn't even know the languages they were speaking in. And I've seen this happen many times, and it it goes hand in hand with the next gift, the interpretation of tongues. They work in conjunction with each other. They work together. And uh, one time in uh, my stepdad's life, he was at a church that he was visiting. My stepdad's a pastor. He's a, he's a charismatic Lutheran pastor. And he was visiting a church. He was on vacation. And he goes to this church, and in the middle of the message, he feels like the Holy Spirit said to him, uh, hey, I want you to, at some point, stand up and speak in tongues. And he's like, I can't do that. God, you're the God of order. Like, this is not right. And the Holy Spirit just keeps on saying, hey, at some point, I want you to stand up and speak in tongues. You're going to speak in a language you don't know. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the gift to do this. He's like, okay. So he waited for a time of orderliness and peace where it would be appropriate. He stands up, and he just speaks in tongues. And after the service, this guy comes up to him, and he says, how did you know how to preach the gospel in that language? He's like, I I don't know any other language that would be spoken here. I was just speaking in tongues. He said, well, um, I'm actually Navajo, and there's only about 300 people that know the dialect of Navajo language that I speak, and you just interpreted the gospel message that the pastor was saying into my dialect of Navajo. (laughs) in that that man gave his life to the Lord. (laughs) And I have seen this happen, that was my stepdad. I've experienced it in my life as well, where you're given the gift of tongues where you speak in another language. And it goes in conjunction with the interpretation of tongues where someone else will know what you're saying. And it's not the translation of tongues, it's not gonna always be word for word. Sometimes you'll be in environments where believers are gathered and someone will speak in tongues and it'll sound like gibberish and maybe they'll speak for a long time and then somebody else will stand up and they'll actually interpret it. Sometimes it'll be longer than that person, sometimes it'll be shorter, because it's not a word-for-word word translation, it's just an interpretation. And it guides people to experience the presence of God. And it's just another tool that we can use to be witnesses and make known the beauty of Jesus. Amen? How many of you guys have experienced some of these things? It's a lot. It's a lot to go through. All right, so the last grouping I want to share are called the dynamic gifts. And so healing, it's when we pray for people like drummers who break their legs on boats, and they get healed, and people have been healed here at Kayla's Church. Next one is faith. It's a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Have you ever just had an assurance and a confidence that didn't make sense? And you're just like, I just have the faith that this is going to happen. I just have the faith that this is going to work. Hey, we need to try this. We need to go after the impossible. We need to start a church and a comedy club. I just know God is going to do something amazing. That's the gift of faith. And lastly is the gift of miracles. And this is a divine intervention that alters circumstances. A divine intervention that alters circumstances. And I've seen this with praying for weather. You know, you probably heard the story about Pastor Maritha and I. We had a, a wedding in Kansas and it was raining and we prayed and the, the clouds departed and we were able to have a rain-free wedding. And it was amazing, just so many stories. And these are, these are the nine gifts of the spirits and I know I'm flying through these, but my goal is that we would not be ignorant that there are spiritual gifts. That we are like pneumatic pipes, that we are meant to be powered by wind and air, (laughs) that we are meant to be Holy Spirit powered so that we can be witnesses and make known the beauty of Jesus. Amen. And I just want to close with this story. And I want to encourage us that, you know, as we end this uh, series on this Holy Spirit, that we would say, Holy Spirit, I want whatever you want. Holy Spirit, I don't just wanna worship two-thirds of the Trinity, but I wanna worship the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, I was in Nicaragua a couple of years ago, and it was an amazing time where we got to preach the gospel basically to a whole nation in one day. It was on the radio, it was on TV. I got to speak to a stadium of like 35,000 people. It was incredible. But there was this moment where I was preaching the gospel at a school. And uh, this lady, while I'm preaching the gospel, runs across the street into our group, and she's crying. And she talks to some of our team members. This was a mission trip. And she's crying, and they have to try to understand what's going on. And she said, as that man was preaching the gospel, A big growth on my stomach began to shrink. She had this growth, this tumor on her stomach. And she said, as they were preaching the gospel, this growth on my stomach began to shrink. And so the team started to pray for her, operating in a gift of faith that God was going to finish this work, operating in the gift of healing, operating in the gift of miracles. And as they began to pray for her, more and more this growth began to shrink. And this is weird. She started to burp up some substances, and as she burped, stuff came out of her mouth, and then the growth was completely gone. And then she felt like the Lord spoke to her right in that moment to preach the gospel, to share the message that we were preaching to the rest of the world. And she asked this team, like, is that something people do? That they preach the gospel to the whole world? And that And the team had to be honest, well, some people do. (laughs) Some people, when they're filled with the Spirit, some people, when they're so moved by what Jesus has done in their life, yes, they do preach the gospel to the rest of the world. But I just love this story because she wanted to freely give what she had received. She had experienced power, and now she wanted to give power to help others be set free. And I I just believe Kelo's church that we have a responsibility to experience every good and perfect gift that God has for us, amen? And that Acts 1-8 says that we will receive power so that we can be witnesses. This 1 Corinthians 12 chapter says that we have been given gifts for the benefit of all. And Kalos Church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but by the gifts and talents of all of us as Kalos Church, amen? And I just believe that many of you have gifts locked inside of you, that the Holy Spirit wants to do amazing, supernatural, miraculous things through all of you so that you can make known the beauty of Jesus. But we need to say, Holy Spirit, I receive all that you want from me, and I will no longer stay ignorant in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we just... Walk through all that you have in these scriptures for us. Lord, I pray that this just wouldn't be knowledge with no heart change, but I pray that there would be an openness for all of us to say, Lord, I want what you want. Holy Spirit, move in my life. Holy Spirit, I surrender to all that you want. And if you're saying in this place, hey, I surrender to the Holy Spirit. I want to be used by God so that I can make known the beauty of Jesus. Would you just tell that to the Holy Spirit? Would you just say, Holy Spirit, breathe into me. Holy Spirit, use me however you wanna use me. Holy Spirit, I won't resist you. Holy Spirit, I won't be ignorant of the gifts anymore. I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna grow in everything that you have for me. Awesome. You know, before I hand off the service to Pastor Amitha, you know, I realized that this is a kind of a deep message, and I know it's a lot of content, and I realized that there might be people here, I know there are people here that you don't know God, and we wanted to create a church where Christians and non-Christians felt safe to explore the question, what is so beautiful about Jesus? And we're so glad that each and every one of you are here. But if you're in this place and you're saying, I've never giving my life to Jesus, I don't have a relationship with God, I'm walking in shame, I'm walking in darkness, but I want hope, I want life and life abundantly, I want to give my life in Jesus, I want to surrender it all to him, my prayer is that you would do that right now, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just have us close our eyes and bow our heads and create a safe place, but if you're wanting a fresh start, if you want to experience all that God has for you, I want to pray for you right now, so let's close our eyes and bow our heads, if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor Pradeep and pray for me, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to receive forgiveness and a fresh start. On the count of three, would you boldly raise your hand so I can see it? One, two, three. Do you lift up your hand so I can see it? I want to pray for you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, let's pray this prayer all together. There's some words on the screens and let's say this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? Awesome, awesome.